What is up, hockey fans? This is the Golden Edge Podcast, the podcast where the Las Vegas Review Journal um, tries to talk about hockey but keeps getting uh, derailed by other things. Uh, I am Ben Goats, one of your uh, Golden Knights beat writers for the Las Vegas Review Journal. Uh, joining me on the other line this fine Wednesday afternoon is my colleague, David Shane. Uh, Dave, how you doing? Well, uh, I guess... Ironically enough, I had a negative test myself today for uh, for COVID, so I guess I'm all right. But yeah, it seems to be the uh, the trend these days. I gotta say, yeah, I'm very happy uh, that you have uh, tested negative. Cannot say that uh, at least uh, at this time. We believe for a couple different Golden Knights players, they have had COVID nineteen issues uh, the past three days. So we're gonna get into. Uh, all of that, we're going to get into the latest injury news that this team has because it's every single week. We cannot take a break uh, from the injury news. And obviously, the, the COVID stuff is a little bit uh, new because they haven't had to deal with that as much this year. Um, and at some point during the show, probably not until the end, we'll actually discuss you know, the fact that despite all that's going on, uh, this team actually still is playing very good hockey or at least, you know, I think as good of hockey as one could hope, given all that they're dealing with right now. Uh, but before we get into uh, all of the topics we're going to go over today, just a quick reminder that the Golden Edge podcast is brought to you by the Las Vegas Review Journal. Check out all our written work at ReviewJournal.com if you want the latest on what is going on with the team and uh, who's going to go down next for the night, apparently, because it seems like it really is one person every game. Uh, we are also presented by Blue Wire. Um, and also, if you guys could rate, review, subscribe, whatever you do to podcasts, please do this one. We would very much uh, appreciate it. Uh, so it was uh, very funny. I sat down to do our podcast outline this morning. As you know, I try to get ahead on my work. I was like, you know what? The last couple of weeks, you know, the Knights had the big Eichel trade. They've just been loaded up with injuries. I feel like we probably haven't discussed the on-ice product enough and the fact that, uh, despite the fact that last night we watched the Knights lose 4-2 to the Carolina Hurricanes with the best points percentage in the NHL, like, we probably haven't talked enough about how, you know, scrappy this team has been, where the record isn't great, but the record also isn't anything uh, to sneeze at, and it's probably something that they can be proud of weathering the storm early on in this year. Uh, then everything kind of shifted again uh, this afternoon. Uh, so to set the stage for people, Monday, William Carrier goes into the NHL's COVID protocols. Uh, Pete DeBoer says Carrier is expected to miss at least 10 days, which uh, is the minimum you need to be away from the team if you test positive. So obviously that's, you know, what DeBoer saying that kind of indicates. Tuesday, Jonathan Marcheseau goes in as well. Uh, that obviously raises your eyebrows a little bit further, especially because he was taking photos with Robin Leonard at the Raiders game on Sunday. Now, DeBoer did say Leonard tested negative uh, two days in a row. Leonard started last night's game against the Hurricanes, and no one uh, besides Marshall or Carrier missed the game because they're in COVID protocols. Uh, but then, Dave, you and I show up to City National Arena for media uh, availability today, Wednesday. And before we, you know, do our usual routine where we go back into uh, 
the night's video room and, you know, DeBoer and whatever players are talking that they kind of come out to go to a little podium and chat. Uh, we get told, uh, actually, no, you're not going back there today. Michael Amadio is now the third Knights player in three days to enter the COVID protocols. So we're not having anyone go back there and we're not having media uh, availability today. So, Dave, with all this uh, now swirling around the Knights, how are we uh, f- How are we doing on this uh, fine Wednesday afternoon with all this going around on around the team? Yeah, feels like you should, you know, we should be concerned. It feels a little bit like, you know, last year when, you know, handful of players and coaches popped up in the COVID protocol and the NHL had to step in and, you know, pause all activities for, I believe it was more than a week. So I, I know I sent an email to Bill Daly, the deputy commissioner today. He wrote me back. I'll, I'll read you what he wrote. Uh, Any positive test result gives cause for concern, but at this point in time, I wouldn't characterize it as a significant concern, and there is no thought being given currently to disrupting the Vegas schedule going forward. So at this point, I would say, you know, at least from the league standpoint, they're probably monitoring it very closely, Uh, you know, probably a yellow light. I, I guess we can't play red light, green light. Anymore, I don't watch Squid Game, but I, I understand no, enough to please no. kind of know uh, my my yellow light reference might be a little alarming as well uh, for folks who watch it's that. Not great, yeah. Um, you know, I think it's something to watch. You know, you don't have three guys in three consecutive days go in without you know at least some alarm bells going off. That's for darn sure. So you see what is going on with Ottawa you know, around the league and having 10 guys pop up into a COVID protocol and having their games postponed this week. I don't think obviously based on Bill Daly's comments that they're at that point right now, but, you know, certainly I think everybody's looking at it and if it, you know, in the next couple of days, you know, gets worse then then yeah, I think there's going to have to be some conversations about what they need to do. Yeah, we'll obviously see what happens uh, tomorrow because the Knights, as of uh, this recording, are still scheduled to play the Detroit Red Wings tomorrow, who uh, coincidentally also have their own COVID issues right now. Uh, Center Dylan Larkin uh, was pulled from their game last night midway through to go into COVID protocols. Uh, You know, he pulled a uh, Tomas Nosek, uh, if people remember when that happened to the Knights last year. Um, Obviously, all this news... Uh, is not great. Uh, the Knights, up until this point, had kind of avoided really any COVID issues uh, besides Matthias Yanmark going into the protocols the day before the season opener. Uh, he obviously missed 10 days and later said, you know, he tested positive. Um, it's obviously not quite as crazy of a situation as the Knights had, uh, I think, only like, you know, two weeks into their season last year where their entire NHL coaching staff had to quarantine. And Kelly McCrimmon was on the bench for a night. And then, you know, afterwards, the Knights didn't play for uh, nine days. Uh, They also had just numerous other kind of postponements or or rescheduling going on. Um, And as you mentioned, Dave, you know, this is uh, right now kind of a league-wide issue as well. The Sharks had a bunch of guys uh, go into the protocols at one point. Uh, As you mentioned, the Senators games are postponed through Saturday because all the guys that they have out... Um, and even just locally, it's probably worth 
pointing out, uh, the COVID-19 numbers in Clark County are on the rise. Um, now they're nowhere near where they were previously or where they, you know, have been kind of at different peaks of the pandemic. Um, but the trend line is pointing upward, which is obviously uh, not what you want. Um, I feel like, you know, a lot of us were hopeful and uh, optimistic that this season would go a lot smoother than last year, um, just with, you know, a little bit later on in the pandemic. Obviously, we have um, vaccines now and the vaccines, you know, are helping uh, prevent people uh, get COVID-19. They're helping people prevent getting serious cases of COVID-19. I mean, all sorts of studies show that, you know, if you are vaccinated, you are less likely to get uh, the virus and you are also um, much uh, less likely to need to be hospitalized or, um, you know, die, obviously, which is uh, sad from the virus. Um, But we're still having issues, which is kind of uh, unfortunate. You know, is this just kind of uh, one huge signal to uh, Daly and the rest of the people in the league office, Dave, that, you know, this kind of isn't over yet. Yeah. I think worldwide, you know, like you said, it's numbers on the rise, you know, Clark County, everywhere else. Like it's, you know, I try to keep my opinions and and sort of my, I guess I'll use the word politics, you know, out of a lot of our conversations and out of a lot of the stuff. And, you know, I don't know if me, indicating you know maybe being vaccinated the way the knights were prevented you know 12 guys already from you know popping up maybe it prevented robin leonard from you know being positive if it turns out that way and depending on when you know march or so i guess caught it if he's positive and when all like the timing there's so many different things with all this but yes clearly you know all of the science shows that we are all better off, you know, go get your jab, get it stuck in your arm, like do it. But if everybody thought and is going to turn this around as some sort of, you know, well, if I take it, it's supposed to be a hundred percent, like nothing is a hundred percent. Like it was never going to just eliminate this right from the start, you know? And so everybody and anybody that had that idea, that misconception, and is throwing it back in people's faces or whatever. Like, I don't think that's fair and whatever, you know, but the reality is none of this is going away, at least anytime soon. We're going to get to the cold and flu winter season here. You know, we're getting on close to two years with all of this. And, you know, it's changed everybody's lives. It really has. Pete DeBoer talked about that. Like players have, you know, everybody has a conversation about this with, with people, you know, in some way, shape or form about, you know, the way that their lives have, have been altered and changed the last couple of years. And, you know, <coughs> excuse me, the adjustment that we've all, you know, had to make and, you know, we'll continue to have to make. And, you know, it's scary. I mean, it's scary to think, you know, that I had, you know, some weird body aches yesterday and sort of felt like a fever was coming on and couldn't go to the game because I didn't want to sit close to everybody. And I was trying to think of people aside from me and protect other people just in case, you know, I was positive and had to go get a test, you know, finally was able to this morning. And luckily, you know, knock on wood, it's negative. But, you know, we all think about it and we're all different because of it. And unfortunately, you know, it's not going away. And 
the Knights, the Senators, you know, like you said, the Sharks, every, everything else, every other sport, every time something like this happens, you know, it's just another reminder that this is, you know, this is a major part of all of our lives now. Get all the Nevada Preps high school sports coverage you need, plus all Southern Nevada team announcements powered by the Review Journal at NevadaPreps.com. Nevada Preps is sponsored by College Prospects of America, connecting student athletes with academic and athletic opportunities. Find out how at CPOA-Nevada.com. Yeah, we'll obviously have to see if anything else uh, crops up with this in regards to the Knights uh, tomorrow. Obviously, make sure to check back to ReviewJournal.com to see if we hear anything more um, tomorrow morning, because as of now, uh, we can assume that the night's morning skate before their game against the Red Wings uh, is still on. Uh, but since we're already talking about uh, absences and everything, might as well transition into the latest Golden Knights uh, injury update of many that we have already given uh, this season. Uh, Alec Martinez, uh, since we last talked, took a skate to the face Thursday against the Minnesota Wild. Uh, obviously pretty scary sight especially when you watch the replay there's not a nice replay to watch um you know DeBoer said it's a real deep cut but it does sound like Martinez kind of avoided any other damage then uh the latest last night Shea Theodore crashes hard into the boards into the third period Uh, he doesn't come back Uh, obviously because media availability was canceled today we don't really have an update on how he's doing um, Evgeny Dadnoff also took a stick to the face yesterday and left in the third period. But, you know, I'm guessing even though he kind of left uh, bleeding when he went back to the bench, you know, you would think that's probably not uh, a long term thing for sure. Um, but in kind of more positive injury news for the ninth, uh, Max Pacioretty out of his walking uh, boot after, uh, you know, sustaining his lower body fracture. Zach Whitecloud back skating after having hand surgery. Um, he blocked, you know, a shot from Duncan Keith with his right hand. Uh, Jack Eichel had his artificial disc replacement surgery on his neck uh, Friday. And the Knights uh, said that his doctor told them uh, it was a successful surgery and uh, that there were no complications. Uh, quick aside for those that say, well, they always say that the surgery is a success. Uh, yes, that is true. Though I do remember specifically, I believe this was the Minnesota Vikings at one point, didn't say, you know, in their like typical press release that, uh, you know, this surgery was a success. They just said like, hey, like this guy got the surgery Um, and later was found out. Oh, yeah, no, the surgery was botched. And I think he retired like a year later because he couldn't come back. So, I mean, it is like, you know. A at least decent sign that things are okay, that they included that it was a successful surgery. I have seen it happen where teams don't put that in there, and that usually means a, a very, very bad thing. Um, last injury update to give is uh, about Mark Stone, and that is the fact that he's actually back. He played uh, Saturday against the Vancouver Canucks. He played yesterday against the Carolina Hurricanes. And Dave, you actually wrote about this for uh, Sunday's paper uh, he was actually pretty candid about, you know, what kind of sitting out for a month was uh, like for him with his injury. And just uh, he kind of provided additional clarity on uh, why Pete DeBoer gave us such a weird timeline with him where he was, uh, I believe it was between day to day and week to week is what we initially heard. Yeah. And 
I mean, I think, you know, what it really goes back to and he alluded to and, you know, Pete DeBoer, you know, sort of, I guess, confirmed this. I you know, I don't know if that's the right word, but that, you know, Mark Stone had kind of been sort of dealing with something before that injury in Los Angeles and whether it was, you know, an aggravation or something different, but like clearly he wasn't himself and he, he was bothered, you know, in the preseason and you know, maybe didn't listen to his body the way that he should have. As he said, he fooled himself into thinking that he felt great, you know, and then eventually what happened is you'd think, you know, connect the dots and and eventually it led to that injury. And, you know, he sits out for a month and, you know, the one good thing about it are, well, I'll back up because like you said, the, the hard part on what he said for him was every specialist that he saw couldn't put a timeline on it. So, you know, they couldn't put a timeline on it. And that's why, you know, the team and Pete DeBoer couldn't really specifically say day to day, week to week, whatever, you know, that nobody was really sure. Uh, but, you know, during that that month, you know, the fact that the Knights were winning, he said, really made it easier to take his time, you know, make sure that he was healthy, that he worked his way back. The team had said, you know, it was a lower body injury. Uh, so you, I guess you guess. You know, probably some of that core groin, you know, area, the way that he was kind of hunched over uh, and left the ice and then had to be helped off, you know, at Staples Center, which will no longer be Staples Center as I throw a random aside in there. But, yeah, I, I think the fact that he was able to get comfortable, get to a point where he and the medical staff probably don't feel like it's going to be a lingering problem, a nagging injury. Which I think if you come back early, if you rush yourself from from what it sounds like it might have been, you know, those are the types of things you you deal with and can aggravate easily. So the fact that they were playing well without him, the fact that he was able to, you know, kind of look up from the press box and and you know, see some things from a different angle and and really make sure that he was a hundred percent and not rush himself back, I think was maybe the 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 biggest positive for the Knights. You know, if he was going to try to fight his way through it and it was going to, you know, cause him to be less than Mark Stone, you know, then maybe the Knights were better off sacrificing a month early on. They played well and and now they get him going forward at, you know, what should be full strength. Yeah, and they've certainly let him hit the the ground running. I mean, I'm looking at uh, what he's done these past two games. He does have uh, two points to assist, uh, but he played 20 minutes and uh, 27 seconds last night. So they are certainly not, you know, kind of, uh, you know, tiptoeing him back into the lineup and kind of taking it easy on him. He's he's full go right away, which um, obviously they have to be happy about because they could really use him back in the lineup. Um, and the last thing, you know, to touch on kind of all this injury absence stuff that I want to tie in is, you know, the upshot is for. A lot of younger players, they've gotten good opportunities and been able to do some stuff with them. In this past week, what we saw is, you know, against the Wild, Paul Cotter and Jonas Rombier get their first NHL goals. Uh, the next game against the Vancouver Canucks, Jake LeCision gets his first NHL goal. So obviously, really exciting moment for all three of those guys. Um, and something we heard with uh, Nicholas Waugh this past week, who, of course, is up on the first line. Uh, was centering Jonathan Marcheseau and Riley Smith. Last night, it was Keegan Colasar uh, and Riley Smith because Marcheseau was in COVID protocols. Um, we heard, you know, he's playing very well, Nick Waugh. 
And the Knights are kind of hopeful he can take the confidence that he's built, you know, playing this offensive role on the first line and kind of transfer that to when he moves back down uh, the lineup when the Knights get healthy on the third line, you know, in the hope that, hey, he and ultimately the team as a whole will be better off for kind of the, the confidence boost he got from his stint higher up the lineup. Um, I mean, is that a, a narrative that you kind of, you know, buy into, Dave? Do you think kind of some of these depth guys that have showed out for the Knights, you know, might be, you know, in a better spot with their game uh, when the Knights get healthy again and that might help their depth the rest of the season? I do. I do buy that. I, I think that's sort of how it happens. You know, you get opportunities, you move up in the lineup, and sometimes, you know, in some cases you look around the league, like it becomes a permanent thing and somebody becomes expendable because all of a sudden, you know, somebody sees the an opportunity and, and really didn't let it go. Uh, I mean, I don't know if Nick Waugh's, you know, all of a sudden going to become a top six guy and, you know, bump somebody, make them expendable per se. But what I think it absolutely does in his case, if he continues, you know, to play well as he comes down to, say, the third line and everybody comes back, you know, maybe for a while he can center it. Maybe it gives Nolan Patrick a chance to, you know, play some other positions or work his way back slowly if injury wise he needs to do that. Uh, and then you start thinking way down the road too. you know, Jack Eichel is going to need wingers. If you if you're Pete DeBoer and that coaching staff and you decide that the top six that you have works, you're not going to tinker and you're just going to kind of ease Jack Eichel back into things if and when he's ready to come back during the regular season. Say you start him on third line, he's going to need wingers, too. I mean, you you kind of figure, OK, if the top six is intact, you know, somewhere probably the down of, you know, works in there. But maybe Nick Waugh is the other option, say, on a right wing, you know, or something like that. I would say he's earned that right based on you know his play and if he's able to carry that confidence if he's able to you know carry you know that development that he's had forward it only makes the knights better so yeah in that case i i don't think it's just you know coach speak or or anything like that i i do think it's a legitimate narrative the the flip side to it is going to be that when nick Waugh is put say on a third line you know, he's going to have to produce. He's going to have to actually, you know, come through in, in that role because, you know, it is a results-oriented business. But I think he's going to be better off for it. I think he's going to be, you know, in a better place, you know, as a player and, and much more likely, you know, to succeed, you know, once he's in that role than, say, if you had given him that spot, you know, a couple years ago. Yeah, that's for sure. And obviously he'll be able to keep, you know, playing that top line role for the foreseeable uh, future here with William Carlson out. Um, so now, you know, we touched in a little bit, but we'll uh, finally shift into some on ice actual hockey talk because uh, despite everything we just went over, the Knights have actually been playing pretty well. Um, you know, I don't want to get carried away and call them, you know, amazing or anything like that, but they have won five of their last seven. Uh, they're three and one to start uh, their six game homestand. They still have Detroit and Columbus to kind of wrap it up. And I think even if they split those two games, you know, you're talking about a pretty successful uh, homestand. You know, uh, American Thanksgiving is almost upon us. And yes, in the NHL, 
uh, you must specify that it's America Thanksgiving. Um, the Knights are right on the playoff bubble. And for those that don't know kind of the significant of that, uh, the kind of rule of thumb is if you're in the playoffs by American Thanksgiving, uh, you're basically 75% likely to make it. Now, the Knights are kind of uh, tied points wise for uh, a wild card spot at the moment. Uh, the Blues and the Kings are you know ahead of them in the tiebreaker because they both have a game in hand on the Knights and actually the San Jose Sharks who are behind the Knights points wise actually have a better points percentage than the Knights, but it's really like splitting hairs at this point because everyone's just kind of, you know, played a different amount of games. They're very close. You know, the Knights, despite uh, not having stone for most of the year or Pacioretty or uh, Carlson and now having missed, you know, Martinez, Marceau Carrier recently, obviously white club's been out for a while. They're basically right in the mix, right in the hunt. Um, And we've talked quite a bit over the past couple of weeks that, you know, the Knights goal should probably just be to survive um, with so many guys out. Um, But now they have Mark Stone back. They're doing, I think, a little bit better than surviving. Once again, they're not doing great, but they're a little bit better than surviving. Um, I mean, has this changed your, your outlook or expectations at all, Dave? You know, where, like I said, they are not just kind of hanging on by the skin of their teeth, but they're actually, you know, going pretty good right now. It, expectations in terms of like short term or, you know, for like long term outlook? I think a little bit of both because, yeah, short term, I think it's pointing to pine out. They're definitely exceeding. But even, you know, it looked like I think even when we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago after their one and four start that there was a little bit, I think, of a fair concern of, you know, is Edmonton to uh, has been got on a roll to start the season and is still going very well like kind of going to leave them in the dust kind of thing. And that no longer seems to be that, you know, rational of a fear now either. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, they've done good work in the last couple weeks, especially uh, it looked a little hairy, maybe, you know, like the Toronto game, um, you know, but they did what they kind of had to do. Maybe it was a little bit of smoke and mirrors. Maybe it was a little bit of, you know, taking advantage of the schedule, you know, in Ottawa, Montreal, you know, kind of struggling, you know, some teams that you can, you know, look at and say, okay, even if you're a little bit depleted, you feel good about your chances if you get some good goaltending and maybe, you know, a bounce or two or a power play goal like the Knights were able to do, you know, in Montreal. So I think they they put themselves into a spot where they gave themselves, you know, maybe some more wiggle room down the down the road give themselves a little bit of a cushion uh, to survive some of this because, you know, they, they got it to, you know, nine and six through 15 games instead of say five and 10 uh, or six and nine or, you know, something like that. 18 points looks a lot better than say 10 points, 12 points. Um, You know, whatever it might have been uh, had things continued to be a disaster. So I don't think it necessarily changes my expectations or outlook. I mean, I I would definitely say I didn't expect them to play as well as they did. You know, I I think, you know, Ryan, the hockey guy asked me on the radio one, you know, one time if, you know, he had told me they won seven of nine or something like that with all those guys out, you know, kind of what would I think? I think if I remember right, my response was something along the lines of, 
Like I would have said you're on mushrooms. Um, like I just seven of nine never seemed plausible with the guys that were out. It wasn't just the numbers. It was the, it was the specific players out, but you know, the fact that they have been able to do it, the fact that they've kept themselves, you know, in the race here a little bit, it speaks to, you know, one, the depth, but, but two, and I've said this elsewhere, I, I really do think it speaks to the winning culture. And I go back to, you know, like the rookie tournament, you know, even like the first year of the rookie tournament, you know, lose a game and, you know, George McPhee, Kelly, Kelly McCrimmon, the coaching staff, you know, basically make it very clear, like, that's not going to happen this next game. You're going to win the game. And they do. You know, this past rookie camp down in, in Arizona, you know, they lost the first two games. And it was made very clear, you know, to that team that winning that third game was important, that, that yes, it's about development, but it's also about, you know, results at some point. And you build that winning culture and you learn how to win. And, and you know, I, that next man up mentality, I, I know it's really cliche and, and all of that, but, you know, they really do just have a lot of blinders on and, and you know, who's ever in the lineup. Okay. You, you just, you're supposed to do your job, be a professional. And the front office has built enough depth and a good enough roster that they can, you know, withstand this. And I don't think a lot of other organizations, you know, would be able to do that. And I, again, I, I do think it speaks to, you know, the culture that they've created and, you know, just getting contributions from everyone, whether it's young guys or, you know, newcomers, even, you know, the Brett Howden goal, I thought, you know, last night, obviously they didn't get the results that they wanted, but, you know, getting that goal and getting a little energy into that building and a jump start the way that, you know, that that particular goal did, it gave them a chance to go into the third period tied. You know, th those are the sorts of things that they've been getting lately. And, you know, those are the signs of good teams, you know, bad teams don't get, contributions from young guys and, and maybe unsung guys the way that you know the knights seem to yeah i think your point about um winning culture is a good one even though like you know i think we both like numbers and stats and all these things to kind of help explain what's going on as much as the next person but sometimes i do think it's easy to overlook you know something like that where for the last however many years, people have been predicting, you know, Washington and Pittsburgh are going to fall off a cliff and they find a way to get it done and get back in the postseason. Or, you know, on the flip side, you see um, teams this year where, you know, there's a lot of teams that have way less injury issues than the Knights and aren't getting it done. Just quite frankly, I mean, Vancouver they have all sorts of issues and the Knights were able to jump all over them at home on Saturday. Um, Chicago obviously has a lot going on um, this year besides just what's happening on the ice, but they've haven't been able to get it together. The Knights just kind of have a way of, um, you know, figuring things out. Uh, obviously Montreal also dealing with a lot of key absences. Uh, like the Knights are, but they are in a much different place uh, than the Knights. Uh, I think, as you said, it does speak to, you know, kind of how the Knights have been built and how they are run, that they are able to keep finding ways to get points uh, through all of this. And obviously a lot of the credit goes to 
Um, I think Pete DeVore and the coaching staff, I think a lot of credit goes to, um, as you mentioned, some of the skaters uh, like Nick Waugh, like Chandler Stevenson, um, like all the rookies that have stepped up uh, and probably a, a huge, huge chunk goes to uh, the, the goaltender, specifically Robin Leonard, who's been very, very excellent uh, for kind of keeping them in some games where they are outmatched skater wise. But uh, goaltending often is pretty, pretty nice equalizer. Uh, if you have it, uh, we'll obviously see if the Knights keep this up uh, the rest of this homestand. As I said, they have the Detroit Red Rings uh, for now scheduled for tomorrow, Thursday, the Blue Jackets on Saturday before they do a quick pre Thanksgiving road trip uh, to St. Louis on Monday and Nashville on Wednesday. Uh, we're going to be taking a, a break for the uh, holiday next week, so we won't talk to you guys. But I do want to say uh in the spirit of early Thanksgiving here. Thank you so, so much to everyone who uh, listens, who reads our content online, who, you know, comments uh, on Twitter to, you know, one of our posts or emails us your thoughts uh, on the Golden Knights. Uh, we really, really do appreciate you guys that, you know, it's thanks to people that read our stuff, uh, listen, you know, engage with us that we're able to do uh, what we do and what we do is very very fun so uh thank you guys all uh so so much um yeah as a reminder we are brought to you by the las vegas review journal check out all our written work at reviewjournal.com uh we are presented by blue wire and you know rate review subscribe whatever you do podcast please do to this one uh i'm ben goats he's dave shane we are the golden age podcast and we'll talk to you guys again real soon <laughs>